You're better than this. You're, you're, um... <laughs> All right, what an exciting, exciting day. Let's get going in our Heilige. No Mesechta Chagiga, the final Mesechta in Seder Maid. All right, when we finish this Mesechta, we're going to, Bez make a grand seum on Seder Mayed before we begin the next Seder of Noshim. Okay, so we're moving Me'evel Liyamtav, right? Mayed Katan ended off with Hukas Avelis and Chagiga is going to teach us a lot about Yomim Taivim, the Halachas Yom Taivim, particularly the Karban Chagiga was brought on the Shalish Regalim on Pesach, <coughs> Shavuos, and Sukkot. And let us get going. We're going to start the Mishnah and explain the halachas as we move along. So much to learn. And if you, um, if you just look at today's daf, Amud Aleph and Amud Beis, this is a lot more like the uh, Yeshivish Mesechtas, the, the size of the daf that we're used to. I, I don't feel the need to run through the daf uh, so to speak, Kaviyocha. We never run through the daf, but you know, it's sometimes you got to speed up a little bit to make it through in the allotted time that we have. The daf and are a little shorter. Hopefully, we have a little more time to dwell um, and uh, and make sure we mamish have uh, absolute uh, clarkite. Let us get going. Says the Mishnah, Hakol Chayavim Biriyah. Everybody's obligated in the mitzvah of Riyah. Now, what is Riyah? It's a state in Torah. The Pasuk tells us that Shalash Pamim Bashana. Okay, I'm not reading inside now, I'm saying this outside. The Pasuk says three times a year, Yerae calls Okay, now Yerae, as we're going to see in the Gemara, means either to see, that we go Re'iyah, is to see the Makom HaMikdash, but it also means to be seen in the Makom HaMikdash. There's a mitzvah on a Yid to be seen. In front of the Rabbi Shalom. And there's a big nafkamin over here. There's a big difference. And if you want to get Mamish knock this out, you know, with, with messages in life, the Rabbi Shalom sees us, right? But there's a chiv on us. It's incumbent on us to be in a status, to be in a situation, put ourselves into the situation of Riyah, where we also can be seen. We don't just show up to a shul, we don't show up to a makam kadosh, to a holy place. To, why? Because we want to see the shul, we want to see people, we want to see ourselves in that place. But make sure that we are seen to the Rabbi Shalom. Don't walk out. Chas Shalom to walk out, do a Kiddush club, walk out in the middle of Kriya Satera, walk out in the middle of Davening. Be present, be available. Show up to the Rabbi Shalom. That when we walk into a shul, we say, Rabbi Shalom, I'm here. That's the mitzvah of Re'iyah, to be present, to be one with the Rabbi Shalom. Hakol Chayav and Everybody's Mechoyev. In the mitzvah of Re'iyah. Chutz, except for. Here's the exception. The following people do not need to go into the Beis HaMikdash on Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. Who are they? Cheresh, a deaf mute. Shaita, a person who does not have mental capacity. Vikatam, and a katam. Okay, now usually a katam means under the age of Bar Mitzvah. We're going to see in the Gemara. Katam here is a little bit different. Who else does not need to go to the base of Mikdash? The Tumtum. A Tumtum is somebody who um, has a membrane covering over the genitals, so it's not so clear if they're a male or female. Okay, we're not dealing with somebody who has having an identity uh, crisis over here where they can't figure out whether they're a male or female. We're talking about physically. Okay, a Tumtum. 
person, there's a membrane, it's not so clear, the androgynous, and an androgynous. An androgynous somebody who has both reproductive organs of a male and a female. They also are not obligated in Re'ia. The Noshim and women, the Avodim and Avodim Kenanim, non-Jewish servants, She'inom Mishachrarim, who are not yet, who are not free. Okay, now we know an Eved Kenani is obligated in some mitzvos, the same, pretty much same mitzvahs as a woman. So the same way, even though an Eved Kenani has to keep some mitzvahs, even a male Eved Kenani does, is not obligated in the mitzvah of Re'iyah. Hachiger, a person who's a Higer, a person who cannot walk. Vahasuma, or somebody who's blind. Vahachayla, or somebody who's ill. Vahazakin, or somebody who's elderly and is not capable of walking to the base Hamikdash. Or anybody who, for any other reason, cannot walk up to the base Hamikdash is not going to be obligated to do so. Okay? Because the mitzvah of Aliyah is on foot. And if you're not capable of doing it on foot, so you're a potter, you're not obligated. Okay. Now says the Mishnah, Ezehu Katan. Who is a katan? Now, this is a strange question, because usually we know very clear who a katan is. You have minors, right? Somebody's not obligated to mitzvahs. But obviously, the, the, the Mishnah wants to, wants to uh, qualify something for us. The Mishnah says, Ezu katan. Which type of katan is not obligated to, uh, to go to, to be Eile Regal on the Shalish Regalim? Now, let's, let's just explain why we think it's different here. In the Torah itself, it tells us that the the husbands are supposed to go with their with their children. Okay, you're supposed to bring your children. If you're supposed to bring your children, why are we saying cuttons putters? It says the Gemara, what age is considered a cutton for this mitzvah? Anybody who cannot sit and hold their own weight on their father's shoulders, otherwise a father's obligated to hold up their children. By the way, this is referring to both physically and spiritually. Emotionally as well, that it's all one package. But the you know the, the Mishra is hinting to us. A father's responsibility is to hold up the child. So if a child's a katan where he himself is balanced enough to be able to sit on the father's shoulders, he's obligated to go to the Harabais. So if a kid's too young for that, then you're not obligated. To go from Yushalayim up to the Harabais on his father's shoulders. Okay? It's not the proper uh, uh, tra- means of transportation for this kid. You're not, then he doesn't need to go up. That's the pin of says, It doesn't mean that he has to be able to sit on his father's shoulders. His father could carry him. Anybody who's not capable of holding his father's hand. The Three regalim. Right, regalim means yam taivim. And we know the word regal also means a foot. So regalim is two feet. It, so uh, says Beis Hillel, if a child's not obligated to walk on his own two feet in a safe way, holding his father's hands, he's not going to be obligated to, the, the father's not obligated to be Ola Regal with that child. Okay, period. Seder, what do we have so far? So far we learned in the Mishnah, every member of Klal Yisrael is obligated. Interestingly, we excluded more than half after that statement. Okay, <laughs> if you think about it, everyone's obligated. And then it says, oh, by the way, uh, no women, so that knocks off 50%. No cherish, okay, small percentage, shite a small percentage, ketanim, decent percent, yeah, a couple percentage, right? So, Raiva of Klaizor was not obligated. So what we're going to have to see in the Gemara, in classic fashion, the Gemara is going to say, whenever you find the word hakol, you're obligated, it's always coming to include something else. 
So we're going to have to explain why we use this particular expression. Okay, and what's a katan? Bishamai Bisol. Bishamai says the father doesn't carry him on his shoulders. Bisol says can't hold his father's hand. Okay. Vaiter in the Mishnah. Bishamai says, Your carbon that you bring as a ola re'iyah. When we come to Yerushalayim on the Shalashalayim, we bring a sacrifice called an olas re'iyah, the carbon ola that we bring when upon being seen. The makama mikdash, it has to cost at least stay kesef, two silver coins. The chagiga ma'akasef. And the chagiga has to cost half of it. So it was one ma'a in value. Okay, Bishamay says again, two for the re'iyah, one for the chagiga. The opposite, that the karba, the oilas re'iyah only had to be the value of one silver coin. Um, and a ma'a, the, and the chagiga is two ma'a, two silver coins. Okay, beautiful. Azoi is the Mishnah, clear. Let's get into the Gemara. Hakol asuyemai. What is the word hakol? All people coming to include. It, we said it's not true, it's not all people. So if we're saying all people, it's coming to include something. What's it coming to include? It says the Gemara, la asuye to include. A person who's a half Evet, who's a half Evet Kanani, and he's half free. This is the only time. This is such a strange situation to us. This is the only time that I think, I don't know, I'm not the biggest Bucky and everything, that you find the concept of a half Jew. Right? Because what happens if you have, over here, right here, you have Rabbi Yael and Rabbi Aaron own an Evet Kanani together. You both, you both have a partnership over Nebuchadnezzar. And then Reb Yael frees his 50% of the Nebuchadnezzar. So half of the Nebuchadnezzar is, is obligated to mitzvahs. Allah of Nebuchadnezzar is, as soon as he becomes free, he becomes like a full-fledged yid. So half of him is obligated to mitzvahs, but half is still a Nebuchadnezzar under Rebar. So says the Gemara, a Nebuchadnezzar doesn't need to be, doesn't, is not obligated in Riyah. But a Chetzi Ebed, a Chetzi Ben Chayrin, is going to be obligated in Re'iyah, because half of him is a complete Yid, so to speak. Says the Gemara, Ravina, but according to Ravina, who says, that he argues on this Allah, he says, Mishach, does is not obligated in the mitzvah of going up and being seen in the in the base of mikdash. Hakol asuye mai. So what is the word hakol coming to include? Answers the Gemara. La asuye chiger biyoyim rishayin v'nispasheit biyoyim sheni. Fascinating case. Listen to this. Such a geshmak alumdus. Let's dwell on this. It's coming to include somebody who couldn't walk on day one. He was lame, but he was able to walk on day two. The guy the guy was in a wheelchair. He had a cast. No, but he got hit by a car. So he couldn't move. He wasn't allowed to walk. And they tell him that, that uh, Tuesday, which punked happened to be the first day of Yom Tiv, Tuesday evening will take your cast off. And you'll be able to start your physical therapy. You could try to walk again. So on day number one, did he have a mitzvah to go? No. But on day number two, uh, all of a sudden he has a mitzvah. So therefore, Hakol everybody's obligated is including somebody who couldn't go on day number one, but could go on day two. Now let's, let's think about the lambdas here. This is fascinating. When it says in the Torah, to be seen in the Beis HaMikdash, does that mean that every Jew is supposed to show up at some point over Yom Tif? Or does it mean that every, any Jew who's obligated when Yom Tif starts has a mitzvah of her ear. 
And this situation is a practical nafkamina. If you're obligated in Re'io only when Yom Tov starts, so if I didn't have a Chiv when Yom Tov started, even if I was healed on Yom Tov, I shouldn't have to go up. But if the mitzvah is to show up at some point over Yom Tov, so if as long as I'm able to at some point over Yom Tov, I, I have my obligation. Okay? So that's going to be a practical nafkamina. Very gishmak. Says the Gemara. Okay. Hanicha, it's understandable. If makes sense that each day is tashlumen for the previous day, so then we can we can understand why when somebody's leg was hurt on day number one and he's healed on day number two, that he's obligated to go up. But according to the opinion, and there is an opinion, says the Gemara, that you only have a mitzvah of re'ia when you were capable of going up on day one. What is Akol coming to include? Let's explain the question. This is clear. Same logic we just said. There's a machlaikas. Whether the mitzvah of is only on day number one or whether it applies on every day. So says the Gemara, if you hold the mitzvahs every day, I understand why when your leg is healed, you're still included in Hakol Chayavim. But according to the opinion who says, the mitzvah of going up being Eiler Regal, and coming to the base Hamikdash is is uh, is only a mitzvah on day number one, and it doesn't apply to any other day. So now, if a guy's leg is healed on day number two, does he have to go up? No. So we're back to our question: When it says Hakol Chayavim, which situation is that coming to include? Beseder says the Gemara, a third attempt. And here's what the Gemara says: Lasuye Suma Me Achas Me Enov. You know who's obligated to be Eila Regel and, and in the mitzvah of Re'iyah? Somebody who could see out of one eye and is blind in the other eye. Now remember, in the Mishnah, we learned that a blind person does not have a mitzvah of Eila Regel. Right now, the Gemara is going to teach us why not. Why not? So here we go. Udalaika Haitana, and it's not following the opinion of this Tana. The Tana we learned in Rebrise. Here we go. Listen to this fascinating halacha. Yechanan ben Dahavai, Yechanan, the son of Dahavai, Aymer says, Mishum Rabihudu, in the name of Rabihudu. Sumo Bachas Meinov, if somebody is blind in one eye, Potter min he's not obligated in Ria. You know why? Shanamar Yeira, eh Yeira, eh. It says you should see. When you go there, the midst of Ria is Yeira, eh Yeira, eh. You should see the Rebinishalim. You need to be able to see it. The same way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to see us, so too we go to see the Rabbi Nishalaylam. Why are we going to the Beis HaMikdash? Because this is a relationship-building situation. Mishpacha is getting together. So we're the Heiligen children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We come, we say, Rabbi Nishalaylam, we want to see you. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I want to see you. So says the Gemara, the same way, you, you, there's only mechoyev when you could see. If you can't see, you're not obligated. Now, what about somebody with one eye? So, here's the Tana. The Tana in the Bray says, well, a regular person who sees, and the Rebbein Yisraelim who sees, so to speak, if the Kaddish Baruch blind in one eye, God forbid, right? 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees with the fullest capacity. So the same way HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees with the fullest capacity, so too I'm only obligated in the midst of Re'iyah if I can see with my fullest capacity. I need to be just like the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. If the Rebbeinu Shalaylam could see fully, then in order for me to be obligated, I also need to be, I also need to be able to see fully. Hence, what are we walking away with? What are we walking away with? A person who's totally blind does not need to be Eilerego, and somebody who's blind in one eye does not need to be Eilerego. Now, if this is true, we're back to our question again. Hakol chayavim, everyone's obligated in Riyah, who's that coming to include? We thought it was coming to include somebody who's blind in one eye has to go up. We just proved if you're blind in one eye, you do not need to go up. Okay? Now, by the way, there's a beautiful message here as well. A, continuing, uh, uh, a message which continues from the Mishnah. When we come to the Rabbani Shalom, like we said in the beginning, not only to be present and to be there for the but to but to see the Rabbani Shalom fully. Don't keep one eye open and one eye shut. Sometimes we do that in life, right? Yeah, I kind of know there's Rabbani Shalom, but I don't act like it. Full presence, full awareness. That's what we have to strive for as yet. Full awareness of the Rabbani Shalom. Don't keep, it's, it's not like a, a little bit's enough. We're supposed to be all in. Vibayasema says the Gemara, another, or, or else we can possibly uh, answer what is Hakol Chayavim coming to include. Really, we're going to go back that Hakol Chayavim is coming to include the first answer which we attempted, which was half Eved, half Ben Choron. You said, one second, Ravina holds that half Eved, half Ben Choron does not need to go up. And if he does need to go up, you can't say he, he's included Hakol Chayavim. Says the Gemara, like Kasha, there's no question. Kan b'mishna rishayna, kan b'mishna achrayna. One's talking about the first Mishnah, and the other one's talking about the second Mishnah. Now, what in the world are we talking about? What do we mean the first Mishnah and the second Mishnah? So, the reason why we don't know what we're talking about is because we haven't learned the rest of the Gemara yet. So, here we go. The Mishnah is going to explain. The Tanan. We learned in a Mishnah. A person who was owned by Rabbi and Rabbi and then Reb, uh, Reb Yale frees him. And Reb Aaron's holding on to half. What's the halacha? What do you do with the guy in that situation? It is. Basil says, the guy has Sunday off. Monday he works for Reb Aaron. Tuesday off. Wednesday he works for Reb Aaron. He gets to split up his days. Not that you split the day in half, but each day. One day on, one day off. Because I'm half free. So I got my own time. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah, half the time, I can tell myself what to do. That's Beis Hill. Amru lehem said to Beis Hill, we now turn to the top of Daf Beis Omer Beis. Takantem es rabbi. Ve'es atzmoy le takantem. You know, his, his part owner, Rabbi Aaron, who owns 50% of him, is still going to get 50% of his time. Okay, we've taken care of that. But the Evet himself is now stuck. He's in trouble. You know why? Granted, every other day he's off of work for his master. But listen to this. Lisa Shivcha Inayachal, you're leaving a guy in limbo in life. Because now that he's half Jewish completely, he's no longer allowed to live with a Shivcha Kananis. Because half of him is Jewish. Baschairin and a completely full Jewess, Ainaychairin. Also, Ainayachal, uh, uh, he's also not allowed to marry because of his half Eved situation. So you want to say that, okay, let the guy remain alone? That's not what the Rabbani Shalom wants. 
The Rebbe Hashem doesn't want us to be put into a circumstance and give somebody a situation where they're not capable of populating the world. Granted, not everybody is necessarily zeichet to populate the world. But for a Jew to take away that ability from somebody else, you can't do that. The Rebbe Hashem says, we're getting the Taira, right? He wants us to populate the world. So you're going to leave a person like, like in limbo without having any sort of opportunity, either with Jewish children or non-Jewish children. You can't do that. Shenemar, lo'isoyhu bar l'shavis yitzra. Imagine if nobody had children. So the world's going to be desolate. Is that what Hashem wants? Hashem put us in this world to be desolate? No, Hashem put us in this world to do mitzvahs. And which is why, by the way, and I spoke this out yesterday in the Chumash here, to the, in the women's lunch and learn, there's many mekairis to show that working the world itself is a mitzvah. People think that I'm going to go work so I can earn money, so I can do mitzvahs. And do t- no, the work itself, being part of the Rabbanish Lailam's world, is a mitzvah in and of itself. HaKadosh Baruch who created the world, there should be accountants. He created the world, there should be, you know, people should be able to buy homes. There should be loans. There should be investments. There should be real estate. This is Rebbe world. When we de- work in these things, we are fulfilling the Ratzon Hashem. Now if you could do it Lishma, that's even the best, right? But HaKadosh Baruch didn't make planet earth. To be desolate. She can't do that to somebody. Rather, says Beishamai, you know what happens to a half avid, half benchayr? And listen to this. Rather, because of tikkun oilam, in order that society should be able to function properly, we walk over to his, to his master who owns 50% of him. We walk over to Rabaran and we say, Rabaran, let him go free. You gotta let him go. You gotta let him go. That's it. The What do you mean? The guy cost me 50 grand. What do you mean just let him go free? He says, you let him go free, but he'll pay you back. Whatever value he had to you, he'll pay you over the course of time. However it works out, you know, over the night, whatever, take out, take out a mortgage on him, right? He'll take out a mortgage on the owner and, and promise to pay him back. And Basil listened to Beishamai's idea about how to handle a half bed, uh, a half evet, half ben chayrin. And they said, you know, Beishamai, du biz gerecht. You're right. That's taka, that's taka um, what we should do. The kachave, that is the halacha, the seder. So how did we just answer this? Listen to this. Let's explain outside. Let's dwell on this for a moment. We had a question. And we said, our Mishnah says, akol chayavim, everybody's obligated in the mitzvah of re'iyah. Who's that coming to include? Says the Gemara originally, a half Ebed, half Ben Chorin, he's got to go up to Yerushalayim. The Gemara asked, oh, Ravino holds you don't. So it can't be coming to include a half Ebed, half Ben Chorin. The Gemara is answering, no, no, no. When Ravina said that you don't, uh, when Ravina says you don't need to go up, that was when Beis Hillel was of the opinion that you can be half owned. But once Ravina heard that Basilo backed out and agreed with Beishamai, then guess what? A half Eved, half Ben Chorin is obligated now. You know why? Because even if he's still half owned, his master halachically needs to let him go. So it's like half of him is free and half of him is Mechoyev to be freed. If you're that far along in your freedom, you're included in Akol Chayavim. You have the mitzvah of of Eilash uh, You now need to come to the Beis HaMikdash. Period. End of that. Gemara. Two dots, about uh, eight, nine lines from the top of Beis Amad Beis. 
Now, the Mishnah says, Chutz mecheresh shaita vekaton vechulu. A cheresh, a deaf mute, a shaita, somebody who does not have mental capacity, the cotton and a minor do not need to be, uh, do not have the mitzvah of Eilas uh, Re'iyah. Okay. Says the Gemara, Katani, we learned, Cheresh, a deaf mute, Dom Yod is listed in the same phrase as a shaita v'katan. Why? To teach us ma shaita v'katan, just like a shaita v'katan. Both of them, the lav v'nei they don't have mental capacity. Af so too, you know which type of deaf mute does not need, does not need, it's not included in the mitzvah v'ri'ah? It's the lav bardehu. It's a deaf mute also who is, doesn't have mental abilities. Okay? The Kamash Malan, and the Chiddush over here is, like the Mishnah, which says, Whenever the Chachamim mentioned the word Cheresh about a person, it's not talking about a guy who's just deaf. No, it's referring to somebody who's deaf, who cannot hear, they can't take in information, and they also can't speak, they can't add information to anything else. But, let's say you have somebody who's able to speak, but they're just deaf. Shemeya, or they can hear, they're a mute. Chayav, they're going to be obligated in the mitzvah of Re'iyah. Okay. Now, Tanin Laton Rabbanon, we learned in our Mishnah, a person who could speak but cannot hear is, is also called a Chereish. A person who can hear and cannot speak is called an Elim, a mute. And if you can speak without hearing or hear without speaking, you are considered completely mentally competent. You're completely, you're, you're completely included in all mitzvahs. The only time you're not included in mitzvahs is like a shaita v'katan, is that you are missing out on both. And, and memela, that by definition tells us that that person is not, uh, doesn't have mental competency. How do you know that when somebody is able to speak but they can't hear? How do you know that's called a cherish? Again, cherish usually to us means you're deaf, mute. Now we're saying cherish can even mean deaf. Says so, how do you know that? How do you know that speaking without being able to hear is called a cherish? And how do you know that shemeya, a person who can hear, however, they're a mute, ze'ilim, is called ilim. Where, where do these words come from? This is just a shayla. There's not a challenge. There's a shayla. Like, where, where do these words come from? Where, do they, where does this stem from? So Mark explains, it says in Tehillim, I like a cherish cannot hear, and like an ilim, cannot open my mouth. Or another possible uh, source for a cherish not being able to hear, and the ilim being somebody who cannot speak, is from Kedab Amri Inchi, like people say, Ishtakil me lulei. His ability to speak, ilulei is from the ilim, is from that. His ability to speak has been removed. Okay, period. Very good. Medaber vena shemea. A person who cannot hear but is able to speak. Shemea vena medaber, or a person who can speak and cannot hear. Chayav. You are obligated in the mitzvah of re'iyah. Says the Gemara. Right? We just learned that. We're all on page with this, right? If you're a type of cherish that is both cannot hear and cannot speak, putter. But if you can hear but not speak, or you can't hear and yes speak, you're obligated in re'iyah. That's what we just established. Okay. 
Now, says the Gemara, what second? For Hatana, but we learned in the Brisa, Medaber Veinoishemeya, a person who cannot hear but is able to speak. Shoimeya, where a person is able to hear. Veinu Medaber and cannot speak. Potter, you're not obligated to the midst of Reiya. One second. You just told me the only time you're not obligated is when you can't do either. But now we have explicit prices telling me, no, even one or the other, you're not obligated. Answer the Gemara, Am Ravina Vitema Rava, Ravina, and some say it was Rava, gives an answer. They say, Chesure Maxara, Vachikatani. We're not quoting the Mishnah appropriately, and it's very worthwhile whenever, um, every once in a while, not necessarily every time, but every once in a while, whenever we find the Chesure Maxara, to speak out the Heligataisus Yamtif, which we've mentioned many, many times, who says, whenever you find the Chesure Maxara, what it means is that the Gemara is not now making up part of a Mishnah just to answer a question, but rather the Rabbeim in the times of Mishnah would teach their Talmidim in ways of poems and songs in order for them to remember the Halacha. And in order to make the poem and song be, be remembered, sometimes they would drop certain words without dropping the Pshat, but they would drop certain words just to make it easier on their Talmidim uh, to, to uh, remember the wording. Right, you remember the words to a song. If you make it too complicated, people will forget the words to the song and the poem. And therefore, whenever you find the Chesurei Mechsara, says the Taisa's Yomtif, it's one Amaira saying to another Amaira that the way that your Rebbe taught you the Mishnah, he dropped some words, and let me tell you how the Mishnah really is, because my Rebbe, when he taught it to me, at, you know, had, had uh, these words added in. So we're not just like adding it in like it's a cop-out type of answer. It's that this mamish how it worked it, as part of the Messiah. There were times where Abayim just left out some words, and other, the other Talmidim would, would uh, fill it in. So, rather, this part of the Mishnah with this Amir just didn't know, and really, this is what the Mishnah says. Everybody on Yom Tif is obligated to come in front of the Rabbinah Shalaylam as well as the mitzvah of Simcha, which is Simcha's Yom Tif, having a Suda, having Basar, having meat. Everybody's obligated in these mitzvahs. Chutz! Except for except for somebody who cannot hear but can speak, uh, um, who can speak and not hear, or or somebody who can hear and not speak. They are not obligated in Niriya. But listen to here. Even though they're not obligated to show up to the base on Mikdosh on Yomtiv, still Chayav Besimcha, they're obligated in Simchas Yomtiv. They have to join. They don't need to show up to the base on Mikdosh. Why? Again. Just because they're not included in the words of the Pasuk. However, Simchas Yomtif, of course they're obligated in. So, some mitzvahs yeah, some mitzvahs no. But somebody who's a complete deaf mute, the shait of a katan, as well as the shait of a katan, even them, Potter Minas Simcha, they're not obligated in the mitzvah of Simchas Yomtif, Hayal Sin, Subatura, Mikom, Mitzvah, Samuras, Batayra. Since they're not obligated in any mitzvah which is said in the Torah, so what we're just what we're explaining right now is something which is very it's it's very uh, very simple, but it just it's clarifying. It's clarifying. It's it's letting us know the follows as, as follows. When somebody's a deaf mute, <clears throat> they're never obligated in any mitzvah. Somebody who's deaf but can speak, or somebody who can hear but cannot speak is obligated in most mitzvos. They're not obligated in re'iyah. Why? There's a special exclusion. They're just not included in the words of the Pasuk. Right? But a person who can speak, 
as long as you can do one out of the two, you're mechuyiv in mitzvahs. You're obligated in mitzvahs completely. There are some mitzvahs not. Pasha, you can't see it, right? There's a mitzvah that sits there, three somebody say, okay, fine. <laughs> can't see it, can't see it, right? But the Gemara is just clarifying that if you can hear, again, if you have one without, the, if you have one or the other, if only missing one, you're a complete mechuyiv in all mitzvahs like anybody else, unless we have a particular exclusion. Tana miyachi, we learned in a b'risa, similarly, we'll end off the Gemara with this, with this b'risa, Every yid is obligated in the mitzvah of coming in front of the Rabbani Shalom and the mitzvah of Simcha. Except for somebody who can either speak and not hear or hear and not speak. They're specifically excluded from the obligation to show up to the Beis HaMikdash. And even though they're not included in the mitzvah to show up to the Beis HaMikdash, they don't need to do that. Let's turn to the top of Daf Gimel Amad Aleph. Chayav b'simcha. There's still mechayev in the mitzvah of simchas yamtiv, having the basar with the carbonos. That she'en loy shamev lemedaber, but a full-fledged cherish. She's a deaf mute. V'shaita v'katan, as well as a shaita or a katan. Petura mena simcha. Do not obligate any mitzvahs. Hayu petura mikol mitzvah samuris b'tera. Since they're not obligated any mitzvah that is written in the Torah. Beautiful. Kavaldik will hold it here for today. And Bez Hashem, tomorrow we will pick up with the fourth line of Maishna. Daf Gimlam Baralov will pick up on Matzi Shabbos. The Ezras Hashem at, uh, let's call it for Shkia, let's call it for 7.30. Bez Hashem, we'll, have, uh, we'll learn Daf Yemi 7.30 on Matzi Shabbos. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.